Hey guys, uh, welcome back to Gaming with Anxiety, which uh, may at some point I may change that name because I don't talk about too much gaming and I do talk about mental health, anxiety, depression, therapy, so on and so forth. Um, a couple of things I think I mentioned on the last episode, I was thinking about recording some ads. I've decided not to do that for now because the only ad that I would record would be for the app that I use to record the podcast, which, which is called Anchor. And I don't think anybody needs to hear every single episode of me doing a 30 second spot for Anchor just so that I can make seven cents an episode. So we're not gonna do that. Um, I did wanna touch base because I've got some life news, uh, some scary, exciting, anxiety-filled life news. And that news is, um, well, let me back up. Two episodes ago, I was standing in my bookstore after it had closed but before my last day before turning in my keys and at that moment in time I kind of thought okay well bookstore dream is probably over and uh, I didn't immediately look for work I collected some unemployment I still am and I had a birthday I got older or leveled up however you want to word it and I interviewed at GameStop uh, which was not an ideal job. It wasn't really what I was looking for. I kind of just on a whim, on a, on a day where I was drinking coffee and reading a book, applied through their website. And I got a call back and I interviewed and then I had a follow-up interview and I was offered an assistant manager position. And I kept that kind of open, didn't really want to take it, didn't really like the location that they were offering to me. And all the while, and this is the big news, I have had the opportunity presented to me to open my own bookstore. And that opportunity kind of presented itself as soon as I found out that my old store was gonna close. My parents have offered me money. Uh, my best friend and I would probably go into business together. Not probably, that would be the plan. And so I still didn't think much of this. I thought, nah, that, that, that can't be. And uh, I looked at some locations. I called a real estate company in pretty much my ideal perfect location. I found out that the rent is doable. And right now I'm recording this episode at 1.30 in the morning on the East Coast of the United States on February 19th, two months and a day after the last time that I was a bookseller faced with the possibility and the likelihood that I'm going to be a bookstore owner. Um, we're going to look at the space next week. We're looking at LLCs. We're looking at, you know, money. We're looking at a GoFundMe. Um, learning how to run a business, looking at everything that has to go into it. My dad kind of holding my hand like a little infant, uh, showing me and telling me. And um, I'm terrified. Uh, I've never done anything like this before. I've only ever worked for other people. I've never considered seriously opening my books, my own bookstore until now. Um, but I think we're going to do it. And it's it's been back and forth. I've been so wishy-washy. There's been moments where I was positive I was going to take the GameStop job because it was more convenient. And my anxiety would go down. And then the bookstore would come back up and my anxiety would skyrocket because we don't have any books. We don't have any bookcases. We don't have any chairs. We don't have a front counter. We have nothing except an idea. And I think, you know, with all my anxiety and apprehension 
Uh, I am going to be the person that, you know, when people say put up or shut up, I'm going to put up and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take my shot. And if I fail, you know, I'll be 40. Uh, I'll owe a bunch of money. And I'll figure it out. But if I don't fail, I'll have my dream job, which is to own my own bookstore and do it my own way. And I think there's so many of us that work and money uh, cause unnecessary anxiety because we find ourselves in jobs we don't necessarily love, but they pay the bills and then all of a sudden you're 60 and it's like, what the fuck? And, you know, I may still end up what the fucking. Um, this could be what the fucking my life entirely. But I need to know, I think. I need to know if this is going to fail or whether this is going to be the rest of my life or or a lot of adulthood or whatever. I don't want to miss the opportunity. I don't want to miss the opportunity to spend that type of time with my dad setting this up, with my best friend setting this up and then opening and just seeing. My anxiety is terrible about it. Uh, I wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning and it just feels overwhelming like uh, the, the heaviest weight on my shoulders like how are we going to do all this you know and I take a couple deep breaths and I journal or I talk with my therapist and I realize like this is not this is an opportunity it's an opportunity to seize this moment which may never present itself again and try and it's going to be a lot of work but that's okay you do the work. You put the work in. I did the work on myself. I'm doing the work on myself. You never stop doing the work. But I have these moments where my anxiety is crippling and I feel like I'm suffocated. And I realize the anxiety is natural. It makes sense. But I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for it. So as I let out a very deep breath... Over the next couple months, we will be buying bookcases and furniture and the front counter and so many books. It's not even funny. And then over time, we'll buy merchandise. We'll buy puzzles. We'll buy magnets and t-shirts and everything that you'd want to buy if you're a reader or a bookstore enthusiast like I am. And we will try and we will try and we will try. And I will be the little engine that could or at least will try to be because I don't want my anxiety to derail what could be the best opportunity of my life to do exactly what I want. So that's what this episode is. Not missing your opportunities, not letting your anxiety control your decisions. Uh, I spoke with someone the other day who cheated on their significant other and explained it to me that this is a friend of mine. Um, who shall remain nameless because I have not relayed this story to anybody, um, but shared with me that he was sleeping with an older married woman and his wife found out and they had a very long talk. They separated. They're currently separated and going through couples counseling. And he said to me, his anxiety of his home life and of work and everything created this need to have something that was not attached to anything and i didn't make nearly the same severe decision but i did something similar where i looked for something outside of the confines of a relationship to 
selfishly make myself feel attractive. And now I see that a lot of that was my anxiety, was trying to find an escape, was trying to get away from everything that I was feeling and not dealing with and pushing down for a different day. And you can't do that. You know, maybe a different day will come and you'll finally put the work in or maybe everything will come down around you because you didn't put the work in and you just kept putting it off for one more day. And the problem with that is it's incredibly self-destructive. You're only going to hurt yourself more, but you also run the risk and have inherently hurting those around you. And it, it, it's widespread. I'm telling you, when I did what I did six months ago, um, it hurt my significant other, which by association hurt her daughter. It hurt our friends because of course they found out about it and found themselves in an awkward position of being friends with both of us and trying to support both of us. It hurt her family who I still don't talk to at all. And I understand. Um, it spreads the hurt and it makes it awkward for the future because when you're the person that's done something wrong, you would just have to wait. Sometimes you have to let people beat up on you a little bit. Sometimes you have to just wait for people to, to be ready to speak to you, to hear your side of things. I don't even know if that's the right way of wording it because your side's not really important. What you're, what's important is what's in front of you, not what's behind you. So, my anxiety is not wonderful. I do not feel depressed. I feel anxious, excited, terrified of the future of the next few months. I wish I could just hit a, a life fast forward button to mid-May when hopefully we'll be open and not mid-February where we don't even have a name. It's a lot. And I know there's a lot of listeners of this podcast now, more than I would have ever guessed. I see the numbers on Anchor, and it's astonishing to me that people download or, or stream or listen to my nonsense, but I know there are people listening to this where your job anxiety is crippling, or maybe you have an opportunity that you're afraid to take, or maybe you are in a situation where you're going to hurt the people around you and yourself mentally, maybe physically, I don't know. Reach out to someone, journal. Take responsibility for your actions. If you're doing something that's going to hurt other people or yourself, and you know that, you need to look in the mirror and realize that there are bigger things than just you in play. You are important and you are valid. But the people around you, they deserve it even less. Self-destructive behavior shouldn't affect everybody else, but it does. It's just how it works. Very rarely will you experience self-destructive behavior that doesn't hurt other people that you care about. So I know there's some people that really need to take a step back and look at themselves and just realize you can change. You can fix this. You can come back from wherever you are. You know, you can come back from the recesses of that depression or that anxiety or that self-destructive behavior, but you have to want to, and you have to be real and serious and sincere about it. It's a lot of work, but I do believe anybody can do the work and get back on the right page or the same page as the person that they want to be or whatever. That's all from me. I'm hoping I record again more you know, sooner rather than later. I keep saying that and then weeks go by. But that's life and this podcast is something that I just turn to because I need to voice things and I know that people can relate. Uh, you can reach me. Email 
best way. Nukethebridge at gmail.com, which is a Green Day lyric from a song called F.O.D. from the album Dookie. So that is N-U-K-E-T-H-E-B-R-I-D-G-E at gmail. Uh, You can also follow my new Instagram, which is thatbookstoreguy, at thatbookstoreguy. I want to build up a following on social media, following book accounts, bookstagrammers, instabook accounts, and eventually switch it over to whatever the bookstore is going to be called so that we have a social media presence that's already established. Follow me, email me if you have to talk, if you need to vent, if you're in trouble. Don't let yourself feel like you're alone. You're not alone. It took me a long time to realize that, that people care and they want to hear and they want to help, but they want to be a part of the healing process so that they're not a part of the pain process. If you need someone to be a part of your healing process, reach out. I will be back at some point, but I don't know when that point is. So be well and be kind.